Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, we're not here. Uh, we're taking a few days off. Believe it or not, the first official days off since we started this little thing a year ago, which is pretty impressive. I'll take nothing away from Colin and he shows up and that's the most important thing. And we've been doing this for a year and we picked out some of our favorite interviews for our uh, holiday week. And in a few days, we start officially with our, our new friends, our new partners at podcast one next Monday, January, whatever that is, four, January four. Uh, we're excited about that. You'll see some of the difference. Hopefully uh, it'll be a big help. We'll uh, enjoy that partnership. Yes, January 4th, Monday is when we start with Podcast One, but till then, we're getting ready. We're uh, working toward that day, and in the meantime, like I said, we talked to some people over the years, and we over the year, and we picked out some of our favorite guests, and we're going to play those for you this week, and I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you uh, uh, stick with us this week and next week when we come back and uh, start with Podcast One on uh Monday. Hope you had a great Christmas and a great New Year's. I had, I did, I did. In fact, I'm still full. I had a big Italian Christmas, so I'm still full. But we talked to a few weeks ago, one of our favorites, Janice Dean, who's a Fox News meteorologist and more importantly, an attack dog for uh, Andrew Cuomo, Killer Cuomo, the, uh, the evil governor of New York. She has been dogging him because her in-laws, that's all, just killed her in-laws. And she has not let him come up for air and I'm enjoying every minute of it. Hopefully she never lets up and hopefully she wakes everyone up to just what a rotten human being uh, Andrew Cuomo is. But we enjoyed talking to her and uh, she was one of our favorites just a few weeks ago. We talked to Janice Dean. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. Uh, many of you know Janice Dean as a meteorologist on Fox News, just here on Fox and Friends, but uh, she's got another passion and it's the thing that caught my eye. I'm not the uh, big weather guy but i like uh i like uh the work janice has been doing since the spring when she lost both her in-laws or basically her job is keeping andrew cuomo honest and i can't think of a tougher more painstaking job than keeping that phony honest but uh hi janice thanks for uh, joining us on the callahan podcast oh thank you my friend thank you for having me I got a million questions. I know you don't have all day, but I have a million questions. I have been enthralled by your work since the spring when you lost, when tragically lost your in-laws. And I respect the way you are just keeping their memory alive. And what I, the way I look at it from day one, Janice, is you are fighting, you are speaking for people who were, who have no voice, obviously now, but didn't at the time. I mean, we know the way these things are going, these people are dying alone. They're dying in, in you know, with, with no, no one there to, to say goodbye. It's just so tragic. And on top of it, some of them, you know, don't have anybody like you to fight for them. You lost, uh, I mean, let's just go tell the story again. You lost your father-in-law and two weeks later, you lost your mother-in-law. And later on, you found out that they would, they might still be here if not for Andrew Cuomo's mismanagement. Right. So his dad, my husband's dad, was in a nursing home. And the plan was to have them both in an assisted living facility together, very close to where we live. Um, for many years, for over 50 years, they were in a four-story walk-up in Brooklyn that we couldn't get them to move from. And it was many, many months of agonizing what to do with our failing, uh, you know, with their failing health. How are we going to take care of them? We had to have AIDS go in. Um, his dad had dementia. His mom couldn't walk. So, um, you know, my husband made the decision with his sister-in-law to put them in an assisted living residence, which was a really nice place uh, just down the 
street from us so we could go visit them. Uh, his dad needed care um, and he was, he had uh, many ailments. So we had him in a nursing home as care center for, um, you know, a, a short period. We were hoping a short period of time to get him into better shape. Uh, and then coronavirus came in and we weren't able to see them. We were getting updates as best as we could from their elder care facilities. Uh, his dad, um, like I said, he, you know, his health was declining, he had dementia. So we were getting regular updates, but uh, I remember getting a call on a Saturday morning in late March saying that his dad wasn't feeling well. And three hours later getting another phone call saying he was dead. Um, so we had no lead up time whatsoever with uh, his death. And we didn't find out he had COVID until the death certificate. Um, so, it, and when I look back, I didn't know about the governor's mandate to put COVID positive patients into nursing homes until after his dad died. Um, and I remember getting a call before he got sick uh, saying he was gonna be moved to another floor so that they could allow for more patients to come in. Now, you, we, we know now that the government gave, uh, the governor gave the order on March 25th for 46 or 47 days, coronavirus patients were uh, put into nursing homes, obviously a death sentence for some of the residents there. We don't know the exact number. We believe about 6,000 patients were put into nursing homes and more than 10,000 lost their lives. When did you find this out and just how how infuriating must it have been? I mean, we know there were other ways, other ways he could have done this. I didn't start seeing reports until he had died. And then uh, his mom got sick two weeks later and she was in her assisted living residence and she was transported to the hospital. We didn't know she had COVID. We didn't want to move her. We were afraid if we moved her, she might get COVID. Right. So we kept her there. Um, she got sick, was transported to the hospital, died in the hospital. And one of the other reasons why I'm so vocal is her number does not count as an, uh, as an elder care facility death of getting COVID because she died in the hospital. And that's one of the other reasons uh, that I'm very frustrated is the governor is clearly covering up the numbers because he will not release uh, the total number of deaths from seniors that got COVID in their elder care facilities, but also died in their hospital. So, uh, you know, as you mentioned, I think the official official number is 6,400, but some of the estimates are putting it at least double that. Um, so then, uh, you know, after she died, I was paying more attention, obviously, to what was going on with the governor. And then um, because he was going on these shows like CNN and CBS and they weren't asking him about the nursing homes, that's when I started really getting kind of upset because he was going on and joking with his brother on CNN, like this comedy hour while people are dying uh, in New York, and then he would go on and they would joke about his love life. And so that's when I started to say, this this story is not being covered and there's more here than what meets the eye. And that's, that's when I decided it was important uh, for me to have a voice. But I will tell you, my husband at the very beginning did not want this public. He is a very, um, you know, a private person. You know, he he encourages my career, but he's not somebody that wants to be in front of the camera. But when he started seeing these reports that nobody was touching the nursing home issue and the fact that he had this order in place that was still in right. place when my mother-in-law died uh, to put COVID positive, positive, positive patients into nursing homes, that's when I thought it was important to raise my voice. Well, it, it sure is. And I can't imagine how infuriating it is because I didn't lose any relatives to this to this order. And I find it infuriating to see him with the 
with the big nasal swab and his brother yucking it up with, you know, the view. I can't imagine what it's like for you and your family. But I got to say, you've done a brilliant job of exposing him, at least to me, because I follow you on uh, Twitter and I see you on Fox. You've done without you. I'm not sure we'd know what a phony Mm. he is. But have you ever got an explanation? I never have an answer for this, Janice. Help me out. We saw no. the, we saw the comfort ship in the harbor. We saw the Javits Center converted. We saw lots and lots of places these coronavirus patients could have gone instead of nursing homes. Why did they not go to those places? I don't have the answer to that. Um, I've I've seen reports that the governor was getting whispers in his ear, not by science, but by uh, his host hospital donors. They, they were apparently the ones telling him, we can't take these COVID-positive patients oh. in our hospitals. Uh, we can't care for them like a nursing home might be able to care for them. So listen, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's certainly something that I think needs to be looked into. Uh, and that's why I've always encouraged an independent bipartisan investigation. I think it's the only way we're going to get answers because the governor continues to go on his congratulations tour of his, you know, his book on leadership in the middle of a pandemic. And now his Emmy award, which he accepted last night from the Academy. I mean, it's like, you know, it doesn't matter how loud I scream. He's still being applauded and you know his his back is being patted by all of these celebrities so um so this is a this is a tough go but i'm going to continue to try to try to plead for answers and accountability i i don't know how you do it again my head would explode watching the way he acts because even if he didn't do this even if there were no march 25th order we know this has been devastating everywhere to to elderly in nursing homes in hospitals assisted livings even if it wasn't his fault, getting an Emmy, uh, writing a book, yucking it up with uh, Billy Joel and Robert, Den- that would be arrogance. That would be tone deaf, even without the March 25th order. When you consider that what he did, and then he's going to take a bow for the way he handled, the way he handled the crisis. I don't know how, I mean, in your, uh, I, I don't know how you keep it together, to be honest with you. I don't know how you don't just scream. I do. <laughs> I do scream. And every time I do see him on television, gaslighting, uh, it, it, it's more infuriating. And it, 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 it just, uh, it's more grief. It, 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 it reignites the grief that we haven't even gone over. I mean, or gotten um, through because we haven't had funerals. We didn't have last rites. We weren't able to have wakes, you know, just seeing all of the peaceful protests that were going on. And we weren't able to have any of these ceremonies that we look to, to help us with our grieving process. So there have been many times where, yes, I want to scream and shout. Um, uh, But, you know, the, the fact that he, keeps lying and I guess he starts to believe it at the very beginning at the very beginning if he had come out and said I made a a, a huge mistake I was getting bad advice I right. I, I didn't know where to put these patients I, I tr- made this tragic mistake and I am so very sorry and I, I will call as many families as I can had he done that I, I wouldn't be here with you I would have accepted that and moved on but the fact that he continues to blame everybody else except the person that signed that order and that's him he's blamed God and Mother Nature and the New York Post and uh, the nursing home uh, people who work there to the visitors by the way we were never allowed to visit so we had no chance to bring COVID in at one 
point he even you know he blamed the the elderly themselves because they're going yep. to die so the fact that he continues to do that that that's why i'm angry and that's why well, this this guy doesn't take any responsibility and and that makes our grief worse well i i didn't know your in-laws obviously but i'll just say this if they didn't want to get fat they shouldn't have eaten the cheesecake Janice. oh i i know he's used <laughs> that so many times he it's like he's like a broken record and no one advises him you know if he had stuck to one story the whole time right. it might help him but the fact is there are so many tells when he goes on television and somebody asks him a question that he doesn't like and he gets all defensive and oh, how dare you and you know don't eat the cheesecake it'll make you fat and if you don't wear your masks you won't get COVID. i mean it's really it's uh, it, I, I want this guy to just move to Hollywood. If you want to be a celebrity and like do your lines that you rehearse every day, by all means, we need somebody who actually wants to lead in this state, not to be, you know, another actor, another funny well, I, guy. Thanks to you is, is in, in my mind, at least if you're paying attention, his reputation has, has completely flipped in the spring. You know, he was the big star. He and Fauci were up on stage every day. And for that, we found out he won an Emmy. And by the way, I learned from you, that he had to nominate himself for this award, <laughs> correct? He, well, he, he threw I, his name in the hat. I don't know for sure, but I have heard from people who have won Emmys before that you have to actually submit videotape of yourself to be considered for an Emmy award. So someone in his administration had to put together a demo, a demo reel is what we call it in right. the business and send it off to the Emmy folks for considerations. So yeah, he had to put together, you know, his, the best of Andrew Cuomo uh, after 34,000 deaths in New York. That is pathetic to me. <laughs> it, it's almost like you can't, you can't make a parody of this guy. You can't mock him because he'll, he'll just do it to himself between the book and the and the Emmy and the and the funny you know uh, performances with his his brother. <clears throat> He's he he continues to just top himself and I don't know, make your job easier because you're you're pointing out what a phony he is. Has he ever acknowledged ever acknowledged you at all? It's funny you ask that. He's never acknowledged me up until last. Well, he hasn't himself, but his people that he surrounds himself with. Uh, last week, I was doing an interview with a local reporter here in New York. And the local reporter said, you know, we reached out to the governor's office for response to what you've been saying. And I was like, okay. And uh, and he said that the fellow, I can't remember his last name, Rich, he, he represents the governor. He's one of his, uh, you know, one of his, uh, um, what do you call him? Um, spokespeople, he he said, ask Janice the exact dates when her father and mother-in-law died and what elder care facilities they were in. So that was his response from the administration. Wow. And I was like, oh, really? Is that because you don't believe me or you're you know trying to throw me off somehow? How disgusting. I just said, you know what? If he wants to get in touch with me and wants me to send over the the death certificates i can do that but i'm not going to give you information on this radio program uh from this bully from his administration that's that's a great word he's such a bully you should make deal you'll give him the death certificate if he can give you the order from march 25th with which mm. mysteriously disappeared i mean i guess he thought nobody made a copy of it and and somehow we would forget see i think he's surrounded by sycophants Yes. And when he gets a tough question or he gets someone like you who's going to hold his feet to the fire, he can't handle it. You saw when the Wall Street Journal 
reporter last week asked about the school closings and he snapped because he's so used to these people just, you know, stroking, giving him a foot massage when he has a, a, a press conference. Uh, Correct. And, and someone, someone like you throws him off, which is great. I mean, you point out, and I love this one too. I got my whole list. I'm going, you point out that he missed uh, 17 meetings of the COVID task force while decrying you know, the lack of concern on the part of others. Yes, yeah, 17 meetings while he was promoting his book. Uh, oh, right. And those those meetings were, were about coronavirus and what we could do for New York and uh, the, you know, the, the vaccines that we're all excited about. You know, and that's another thing. Uh, Mr. Cuomo doesn't want any part of a Trump vaccine. You know, right. it, it, no, no, no. We have to make sure that these are checked out i i'm not i don't think i'm going to allow these vaccine and vaccines into new york and then when the president says okay i'll give the vaccines out to everyone except new york uh that's when cuomo got you know oh well, i'm gonna i'm gonna have a lawsuit against you then if you don't give me those vaccines i mean it's it, i could go on i mean there's so much material uh do you think maybe, his 89 you think his 89 year old mother might get herself a vaccine do you think that might happen yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the latest controversy is yesterday, he was right. saying that he was going to have Thanksgiving with his 89 year old mother and two of his daughters when he's told the rest of New York, no, stay put, don't go visit, don't bring family members in. And then two hours later, when someone got wind of that interview, that radio interview, you know, his his spokesperson, the same person that wanted the date of my in-laws deaths, uh, he was like, Oh, the governor's going to be working. He's not going to have time for his mom or his daughters. It's just, ah, uh, it's like, uh, who are these people? <laughs> I was happy for his mother. Can you imagine spending all day with that guy, with that, with that arrogant SOB? You are, I'm just going to guess, not a big fan of the idea of uh, Andrew Cuomo as attorney general for the United States. He's, the rumor is that Biden may, uh, may uh, select him and you've already volunteered to come to the hearing the senate hearing for, for confirmation and testify correct you know just uh, listen i i don't uh, there it's pros and cons with this right we get him out of new york and then oh, he would be point. attorney general but you know uh, as a bigger post which i think he wants even something bigger than that i think he wants to be a, a president um but to, to be honest with you, to have that moment when when they grill them uh, and they go through, you know, a, a, a hearings for this, I would be right there front and center. And I'd finally get the chance to ask him the questions that I've been dying to ask him all of these months. And uh, I, I think I would have pretty some pretty good support uh, on one side uh, to be able to go in there. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of fantasize about it a little bit. Um, <laughs> Because I just say I would have those questions and I would have, you know, I have, I would have the angels backing me up. You would absolutely. And I think if you got a big enough audience and, you know, the media allowed it, we could hear your story. And it's so compelling. And I think a lot of people are like me, Janice, I live vicariously through you. My mother died in a nursing home. She had dementia. We were allowed to visit. It was before COVID. I can't imagine if we weren't, if she were alone, she couldn't have FaceTimed or, or, or Zoomed. It would have been impossible. It would have broke my heart. The thought, I mean, we were literally all around her when she passed away. The thought of her being alone, I would have lost my mind and I would have dedicated my life to doing what you're doing is uh, holding the guy accountable who made her, or, who, who, who not only left her there alone, but uh, um, infected her. Same with your father-in-law. I mean, it, the idea of this guy, he was a firefighter, correct? Yes, Just an hard-working New Yorker, a real New Yorker, not a phony like Cuomo brags about what a tough guy, a real hard-working New Yorker. And he had to die alone. And he's like, 
you know, they, they want to just erase him from history. That's what Cuomo wants to do. So I live vicariously through you. I wish, I mean, I know you're, you're, you're never going to allow him to be, to, to, to get, you know, to forget this, to get past this, to, to shake this. And he's used to it. He's used to getting his way. And with you, he's not getting his way. And I think it's working. I think you're driving him nuts. Hope so. Well, I mean, I don't, well, maybe I'll drive him a little bit nuts. Well, how do you handle this though? And I watch these things like the book and the Emmy and I say, how is, I think of you and or not, I mean, not just you, let's be honest. If there are 10, 12,000 people lost loved ones to this order, this March 25th order, they're all living vicariously through you. And then I see a book come out and I go, wait a second, a book on leadership by the guy who did that. How can that be? And then the Emmy. And then I see these videos and maybe you've ignored them, but like Robert De Niro did a video, Sharon Stone congratulating him, Ben Stiller, Billy Joel did a Q&A promoting the book. And I'm thinking, Billy Joel, you're the ultimate New Yorker. Are you not reading? I mean, maybe you're not reading the right New York Post. Are you not reading up? Do you not know what he did? Do you think they not, just don't know? They just haven't learned what, what you know? I think celebrity? they're all... I think they're all buddies of him. Like I think De Niro's been his buddy. I know that Billy Joel, I think is godfather to her, his kids. Um, I know that Rosie Perez helped him with his mask campaign. So it's right. kind of the, that's the usual suspects that, that come out and congratulate him. So I feel like, you know, there's history there and they're willing to, you know, sort of like put blinders on to go out and do that for their buddy. Um, but, you know, I, I called out Sharon Stone yesterday and said, you know, and she's somebody who has been very vocal about the nursing home situation because I think her mom and her sister have been in nursing homes. So, I, you know, I just wanted to remind her if she hadn't heard that, that the governor put over 6,000 COVID patients into nursing homes. So, you know, I don't want to be doing that with every single celebrity, but I think it's important uh, that they do see someone out there uh, acting on behalf of the people that we lost in New York. It's its really quite, when you think about it and you separate yourself, the fact that this guy really is getting away with it right now, right. getting away with it uh, is astounding to me. If he was a Republican, and listen, th to me, this is not a, a political issue at all. I'm not a, po a political person. I've never taken a political stand. But just imagine if this guy was a Republican. I wouldn't have to you, be He'd be this. taken away in handcuffs. By now, I've, he would have been taken away in handcuffs. I have no doubt. That, and that's what I say when people say, oh, well, you don't, you know, you don't bash anybody else. You don't bash Trump. Well, you know what? There's enough people on that side that go after him day after day, minute after minute. There's Good no point. one that goes that goes after this guy. So, you know what? Uh, I'll, I'm going to try to make up for the fact that he's he's not getting uh, he's not getting the blowback as some of the other guys on the other side. And, and but but I wonder, like you said it best, if he admitted it and apologized Everyone would have moved on. You would have moved on, and you lost two two family members. Um, certainly, the celebrities and the you know the the liberals who love him would have got, moved on. It's the arrogance that's worse than the mistake. He's made the mm -hmm. mistake. He's exacerbated you know a hundred times over by his arrogant reaction to people like you. Absolutely, and that's that's what makes it even worse. And and just last week, he was at Riverside Church talking about leadership in his book. And he actually said, there's video, there's video and audio of him saying, to be a great leader, you have to accept the mistakes oh, that you made and learn from them and moved on. And I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is coming out 
I, I honestly, it's like every day, it's like the greatest hits of this guy. Every day I think, okay, things are going to calm down a little bit. You know, there's just another thing that he does, which is either hypocritical or so arrogant or so insane uh, that it's hard not for me to go out and speak out again against him. Well, I just want to say again, you're doing a great job. You're doing, you know, like you said, the angels are on your side. Uh, you're speaking for people who didn't have a voice, for people who di who died alone or, or didn't have to die at all. I mean, and, and without you, they wouldn't have, um, you know, they wouldn't certainly have a, a, an advocate with a profile that you have. And it would have just, and he would have gotten away with it. And And maybe in the end, he will get away with it, Janice, but... Uh, you're certainly making it uncomfortable. You're certainly making lots of us aware of what he did. And hopefully, uh, I know you're going to keep it up. And I know more people will listen. And I know I know he will never, ever be president, Janice. I know because of you. He will never, ever be president, which, you know, he's such an egomaniac. He probably thinks that's his rightful place to ascend to the throne at some point. It's not going to happen. Would you agree? Uh, listen, anything is possible with this governor, what he wants to try to do. But um, I will still continue to sh keep shouting from the mountaintops. And I thank you and all the people that have given me a voice and allowed me to come on uh, your program to tell my story and my family story and make more people aware. I think if I even make one more person aware of the situation. My best to your, to your husband, my condolences and, uh, you know, keep up the good work. I mean it. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you, Janice Dean. That is Janice Dean. Uh, I just want to once again thank our, our great sponsors, Shea Concrete and Allied Paving in DCU. We love the folks at DCU and everybody who stood with us for the last 12 months. It wasn't easy, as everybody knows. It was a crazy year, a challenging year. We made it through, and we were hoping to uh, to do what we're going to do Monday, January 4th, hook up with a big company, a big podcaster in podcast one that happens monday january 4th and we're looking forward to it once again thanks to everybody who listened thanks to everybody who who rated reviewed told a friend uh, we, we wouldn't be here after 12 months without you so we really really appreciate it i appreciate all uh all the co-hosts sidekicks whatever we want to call them shattuck and uh, turtle boy and reamer and vb and mute and uh, and you name it bob snyder and especially dave colony that dope he showed up every day. We've been here for a, ye a year, almost a year now. Haven't missed a day. We're taking a few days off, prepping, preparing, getting ready for our big hard launch on January 4th when we uh, team up with uh, Podcast One and do this thing for real. We're looking forward to it. But any again, I hope everyone had a great Christmas and a great New Year's and a great New Year's Eve. And we will talk to you again January 4th.